Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Cam! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan Cam Slam Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication, personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. It's March, which means minus a little bit of golf, we are wall-to-wall hoops. So a few things to note here in the intro. How about the blockbuster trade today between the Seahawks and the Broncos? Into the Russell Wilson era in Seattle, and he's off to arguably the toughest division in the NFL. Quarterback division. But does he have one last Super Bowl push in him? And then, who's next? Well, not Aaron Rodgers, who, after much speculation, appears to be staying put in Green Bay. Speaking of the NFL, how about the blazing fast 40 times? Six under 4.4 from running backs, a sub 4.3 by a Baylor wideout, and a faster than Patrick Mahomes 40 time by the mammoth Jordan Davis who ran a 4.7840 at 341 pounds. Exquisite is the word that comes to mind there. We'll talk more NFL next month when the draft is upon us. For now, Ryan, get us started with your podium for the week. The lectern is yours. Yeah, I'm going to start off with something that um, I've been thinking about the last few days, because, and it just happened, really. Um, the NCAA screwed up, and for many reasons, but this is one of the bigger ones, and it's at hand right now. So there's, there's a team, Bellarmine, they just won the Atlantic Sun Conference. This is their first year in Division One, first or second year in Division One. They can't go to the tournament, not because they've cheated, not because they've done illegal things, just because they just came up from Division Two. So they can't go to the tournament because they moved up a division because they were better than everybody else, and therefore they win a conference and they can't get to the tournament until, let's see what year. Um, it's usually five years. Until 2024-2025 which is ridiculous. I mean, there's a bunch of other teams in the same boat. we got UC San Diego. They just moved up. we got North Alabama. They can do it next year. They can get a Merrimack. They moved up recently. Um, you know, schools like that, Cal Baptist, Tarleton State moved up. What, what's the what, – why? You move up and you, and you win a conference and you don't get rewarded for it. It's a, it doesn't mean anything. And mind you, in D2, you can have the equivalent of five full-time scholarships on your team. Now, you can divide that out and give five half, ten and a half scholarships or whatever, but we're talking teams that had maybe a half a roster full of scholarship players going up to D1 and winning a conference not being able to compete. Now, if you go from D1 to D3 like Hartford's going to, I get it, mm-hmm. right? You're going from a full-loaded scholarship team down to no scholarships. That's a different story. Give it a couple years, cycle those guys through. But I agree with you, Ryan. Yeah, unbelievable. I guess that's that was at heart because you know that, that's come about here in the last couple days, and it's BS. It really is. Yeah, sorry to step on your podium, but I mean I agree with that. That's such a. I mean it's it's just such a BS take, and it's just 
how dumb the NCAA is. And I'm going to stay kind of on that, but not so much about the NCAA, more about the selection process. So as we head into Selection Sunday, this Sunday, by the way, we'll get into full picks probably Monday next week, I mm-hmm. would say. Please do us a favor and stop focusing as much on bad losses and more on big wins. Primary case in point, the double buy earning, yes, they got a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, Rutgers. I don't give a you-know-what that they lost in November to Lafayette and UMass. That was months ago. Because other than the Big 12, the Big 10 is the best conference top to bottom. And Rutgers has beaten all the top teams in the conference. Net Schmidt, Ken Palm is nice and all, but bring back the RPI, which was a good conglomeration of a bunch of key stats, strength of schedule and all that stuff, in the last 10 games. Yes, I realize that would hurt Michigan State this year seed-wise, but put a little more human touch and brain power into this process. Because... The fact that we're talking about a Rutgers being on the bubble as as a tied for fourth place best team in the Big Ten, earned the number four seed, beat all these good teams, some on the road, and we're talking about they might not make the tournament, how ridiculous can it get? All right, Ryan, the tee up this week is all you. Yeah, um, big thing in the news yesterday. Um, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver, former Alabama Crimson Tide, Calvin Ridley, suspended for the whole season for gambling on the NFL. Dude, how stupid can you be? You have to put your name and your social in there to get, even do it. Really stupid move by him. I, I just don't know why he did that. And he's acting like, he's like, oh, it's just one year, like stuff like that. But, I mean, that's crazy. He's still like, in his, trying to get to his prime. I mean, that's a whole year's paycheck gone. Um, all that stuff. I don't think he cares. Over fifteen hundred dollars. But, but here's—I mean, I get like that's so stupid. Suspended for a year. Yeah, that's against your rules. But there've been guys like Ray Rice, guys like Adrian Peterson, among others, that have beaten their children and women and get suspended for like four games, mm-hmm. four or five. We're games. making a hard stance on gambling because of Pete Rose in the eighties, and he and he bet on his team and didn't do. There was no no sign of fixing, no sign of anything on the that on the up and up. He just flat out broke the league's gambling policy. And I get it. They need to make a, a strong case. But ex- Ryan, you're exactly right. We're going to talk about domestic abuse, rape, and things like that. And these guys are getting a slap on the wrist. You want to suspend guys for COVID and betting more than you want to suspend them for things that are yeah, that does, that's our woke culture right there, right? Like, oh, it's okay. We're going to excuse the really bad stuff. By the way, why don't you just transition and become a woman, too, and we'll excuse that and say that that's okay. And you can go start up the women's NFL league and dominate it, like the swimmer at Penn. I mean, give me a break. I, I get it. Give them a year, but then give these other domestic violence, abusers, whatever, give them two. Ban them for life. Pretty simple, don't mm-hmm. you think? Absolutely. All right, that was a good tee up. All right. We got a lot of hoops to cover in around the world, appropriately. It is March. We love basketball. Spot number one will remain the same. We're going to talk Big Ten and NCAA hoops. Ryan, give us a rundown of what's what since we last talked. It's been an amazing stretch. Some crazy stuff down down the finish. Who was your team of the week, and how did our ultimate lineups do for the season? Yeah, team of the week, I mean, I really, I don't know. 
Nebraska's got to be it. I mean, three, three in a row. Three road wins. Hadn't won a road game in what? 800? We said it on the pod last week, like 848 yeah, days, and they won three in, three in eight days or something like yeah, that. Just absolutely insane. Um, and they, yeah, they're, they're hot right now. I mean, four and 16, woo-woo, that's hot. But, I mean. Hadn't won three in a row. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll take it. I'll take it if I'm if I'm them. I mean, whatever. You're 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 playing your best ball going into March. That's what you want to be doing, right? Um, yeah, the Big Ten has been just insane. I mean, they beat Wisconsin the other day. They had that huge celebration after they beat Purdue. Wisconsin did. Then they turn around and lose Nebraska when they have a chance to win the Big Ten outright. Um, just it's a crazy game. It really is, and you know it just proves that anything can happen. And you know we're seeing it in conference tournaments right now. Um, you know, upsets happening, buzzer beaters, all this stuff. I mean, we're we're in the thick of this thing, and it's only going to get better, uh, which is the the great news there. Um, yeah, that's, that's my team of the week. Um, Big Ten, our starting five, um, hundred games between us. Um, looking at the points, um, just the points column here. I had seventeen seventy nine. You had fifteen forty seven. I was like. Johnny Davis had 398 points in Big Ten play, and Keegan Murray had 445. That's just nuts. I mean, that's over. That's about 23 points a game. Um, you know, that's that's pretty insane. Uh, and then you you were led by EJ Liddell with 386, very very respectable. Um, and then getting the rebounds, you smoked me, big guys. I had 576. You had 748. Kofi led you with 189. Um, assists. We didn't really have any great assist guys. I had Boo Boo. He had 76, and the closest to that was Travion Williams with 56. Pretty good for a big guy. More though. than Jaden Ivey, their point guard. <laughs> um, Interesting. Crazy. I had 225. You had 176. Block shots. Um, Keegan Murray had 41, um, which is a lot. And then EJ with 47. TJD with 39. You had 123. You had 75. Steals. Uh, I had 91. You had 64, led by Keegan Murray. Card stat, so it makes sense that you've got that one. Wins. Uh, I had 60. You had 57. I had two, a 15-win team, a 14-win, 12-12-7. And then you had 12-9-15-7-14, so pretty close there. And then mm-hmm. I ended up winning 2,806 to 2,715. So not, you not bad. Of kind of a little bit of a guards and small forwards against bigs yeah. approach. and. Points won in the end. Scoring points won. That was good. It was a good contest. We'll have to do it next year. Yeah. All right. Give me, uh, give me your take. I know last week was well. We talked Wednesday after the epic meltdown at Michigan. Then we had the Ohio State game and we had the Maryland game. So I know you've got some MSU thoughts, and then I've got a pile of MSU thoughts and some other basketball thoughts that I'll throw out there. So what? Give me your. Give me your take, whether between those two games, state of the state, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, the the Ohio State game was just, I mean, it was the perfect storm, right? Like the Michigan game, Ohio State was hitting, Michigan State was not, dug themselves another hole. That's been a theme. Mm-hmm. And then did the complete opposite against Maryland, laid the hammer early, and then kind of let him back into it, got it down to three, and you're like, oh, here we go again. And then Michigan State, every time Maryland made their big run, credit to them. Um, you know, they fought, they fought, and, you know, they, they got it back. Um, and, and built up that double-digit lead even more um, and stuck with it, which is great. You know, Izzo, the GOAT, um, officially in Big Ten basketball, most wins. Um, you know, it's just it, we've been ragging on him. You know, you got to change stuff. I mean, there's no question. He's one of the greatest to ever do it, and we're, we've been lucky to have that guy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's insane. It's insane how good he has been. When he gets spoiled like we are, you know, it's easy to kind of get a little short-sighted. But there are he does need to make some changes. He needs yeah, to recruit absolutely. a little bit better. Absolutely. But. 
Gotta gotta evolve. If you're not if you're not changing for the better, you're you're changing for the well, worse. So. Getting back to Michigan State, when you see that, you know, Tyson Walker, he shot fourteen shots. I mean, that's the guy you need. That's the guy you really need out of him. You need a Gabe Brown that's gonna be efficient. You need you know, Malik Hall that's gonna play with that aggression. Mm-hmm. Marcus Bingham's gonna play with that energy. Joey and Hauser, lead on the bench. Yes. I mean they, they looked finally looked like they should have all year. Um, in terms of you know just pure leadership and stuff like that, Hogard's finally healthy. Izzo said today, um, back and he, he said he's not play very well. He's on practiced, practiced um, really well yesterday and today, so that's been good. Um, yeah, I mean they got. I mean they've done it before as a low seed, getting to you know far in the tournament. I don't know with you know with the issues they've had, the inconsistencies, if that's a thing. But I mean if they get the right draw, um, you know you never know what could happen. It could be a second weekend team, but. I guess we shall see here in about five days. Yeah, I mean, you get outside of the out of the. It's league, hard to guard. It's, it's, it's hard to scout them. Yeah, because, no matter what, because they're an enigma. They are. They're so really. up and down. I mean, Bingham was lauded and, and noticeably not pouting on the bench for the first time in his career when he wasn't playing down the stretch because Maryland went small. You know that maybe that's a development. Maybe it was because it was senior day. Maybe it hit him that. Any game now could be my last, and maybe he's going to finish strong. I don't know. Malik Hall seems to me much better off the bench, even though we were clamoring for him to start. Joey's doing the little stuff, which I'm okay with if he's not going to score or if he's doing the other stuff. Something is broken with Max Christie. I don't know if he yeah. was just severely overrated. I, you know, on, on one hand, I feel for the kid. On the other hand, my buddies all know that he's been my whipping boy this year. Used to be Kiss and... And some other guys, but he's just like for as good as he is, he's just—I no. mean, just horrible turnovers lately. Just not shooting very well, and shooting comes with confidence, and, and I get that. But he's tired. I mean, he's—he's he's been asked to do a lot. He's been playing. Yeah, he's been playing minutes a lot of minutes and stuff, and he plays usually draws a you know a good player on the other t- team to defend. But I mean, that's a guy that I'm sorry when you are a Michigan State, just like a Duke or a Kentucky or a North Carolina or UCLA or whatever, you expect a top 20 recruit to come in and be a game changer. And he's been a, a good, but mostly average to mediocre freshman. I mean, that's really what he's been, and it's disappointing because I expected more. Um, some of my other MSU thoughts... After Thursday, I put this in my notes. I'd say this is maybe the first time I've ever lacked that I've ever had faith in a uh, Tom Izzo Michigan State team. Like I, I just I sat there and I watched that game and I thought with the way they played against Michigan and an opportunity to to make some noise to move up the seed line and to go to Ohio State and I get it it was their third game in however many days or whatever but I don't care. I just I looked at that team and I saw a lifeless group that showed me that they just don't have the it factor this year. Um, they were lifeless and flat against Ohio State, and it was embarrassing. Um, you know, I wrote this note too. Like as as I watch these games, I write these notes down in my notes so I don't forget because I'm getting old. But you know, I kind of defined it as the season was fool's gold early in the season. And that's led to kind of a clown punch of a reality check. Um, yes, it's the 23rd or 24th or whatever it is, straight NCAA bid. But it's not a team I feel confident can make it past game one, let alone to the second weekend. Now, maybe with the right matchup, maybe with the right start like they did against Maryland, maybe. But this is the first year that I don't look at it and just kind of 
arbitrarily go, oh yeah, Michigan State's in the Sweet 16 no matter what. Like I, I'll look really closely at their matchups because I just, I just, I can't trust them. Um, I, I had to make this comment after watching the Ohio State game against Michigan State, and honestly, the way Ohio Michigan's played against Ohio State on Sunday, um, Hunter, shut up like we talked about last week, because clearly what you did to Michigan State wasn't so impressive since a hardly used 60-year senior who had 32 points going into that game had 18 against Michigan State that night. So your 33, sorry, big fella, wasn't all that impressive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I still wonder this, Ryan, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. This will be more of a summer topic at some point in time when we need something to talk about, but is it time to blow it up? staff and all it's still something to discuss I, I don't know that it's the right time I don't know if there's ever a right time I mean we got Bobby Knight's record maybe if they win a couple games here do they blow it up is there anybody in the staff that could take that job I don't know that's a long conversation that we'll have at another date um, but then the changes on Sunday a great start for a change probably the best start Michigan State had all season best half of basketball they had all season why? Simple. Better ball movement. I There was this announced during the game that I thought was pretty fascinating and I had not heard. That this is Michigan State's second lowest leading scorer, Gabe averaging like 11.9 a game, in 72 years of Michigan State basketball history. That's ridiculous. That's pretty, I mean, they've got a lot of balance, but again, that's a root of a problem for Michigan State is they don't have that go-to guy. Again, best offensive first half all year. Um... They were patient. There was movement. It was the first time in a while that I actually flat out noticed pin down screens to get guys free. A lot of good looks. But then, of course, we followed that up with a rash of brain farts and a near giveaway. Yeah, we got the win, though. What I learned, I was reminded that the best Michigan State can throw at you can hang with anyone. But they can't sustain it, and the worst they can roll out can lose to anyone. It's not a great recipe for March success, but... Nonetheless, as Ryan said, Izzo is indeed the GOAT. Ryan, any other Big Ten or NCAA hoops thoughts for you? Uh, nope. All right, I got a couple more um, running around the rest of basketball. Ryan and I were watching this, and this came out, and this was a remarkable stat to me. Kansas now has 39 senior day wins in a row. 39. It's ridiculous. I was 9 or 10 the last time they lost on a senior day. When you think about how hard that is, like everybody gets jacked up for senior day. We saw what happened at Duke on senior, yeah, we senior day and Coach that. K Day. We'll talk about that when you're done. Um, I mean, that's that's crazy. Um, I kind of alluded to this in my Michigan State section. Is Michigan actually better without the dick? They can play much more interchangeable defense without them, that's for sure, because as Ryan aptly pointed out during the Ohio State game, they can switch everything. They can't do that with Dickinson. They can play better ball screen offense because they can, or defense because they can and switch offense, everything. Really. Their offense clicks more because they're not just throwing. He's an okay passer, but they're not just throwing it into a black hole. Um, I will say, as much as I'd like to cringe about this, unless they really tank against Indiana, the win probably clinched attorney bid for Michigan. I don't know that they deserve it, to be honest, but that's another topic for bracketology and beyond. Um, what about Rutgers? I talked about that in my podium i firmly believe that they should be in no matter what happens i don't think you finish fourth in the big 10 a conference that good with the wins they have in sweat losses in november i just don't um if you watch the nebraska wisconsin game man if the refs didn't try to take that from the shuckers early in the second half it was nine to one fouls with a flagrant two and a t in the first 
four minutes. But karma's a bitch. Karma came back, and it bit Wisconsin, who was without uh, uh, an injured Johnny, yeah, Davis. Johnny Davis. He was hurt Davis. going in, then he got hurt on that play, not Ankle. from the whatever face hit that I don't think was really on purpose. But ankle sprains, as Ryan knows, are a you-know-what. And I wonder how fast can he get right because you saw Wisconsin's good they're without not. him, but they're not great without him. And good doesn't cut it come March. Another thing that I saw this weekend, Sister Jean for Loyola. Incredible. She's 102 years old. She still goes to the games. Looks she great. sends every player and coach an email after every game and gives them a personal positive breakdown of what they did well in the game. Even if you're the last guy on the bench, walk on, whatever. She'll tell you that you cheered your butt off or whatever. That is fantastic. It is that, I mean, put her on TV a lot, CBS. Um, how about the 40-footer? We didn't really talk about that. Ryan mentioned buzzy, buzzer beater. But the 40-footer to go to March Madness by Chattanooga last night. Furman hits a shot with like four seconds to go. Chattanooga just heaves up a prayer. It goes in. They win by one. That is March Madness to find. Yep. And that is what makes this the best time of the year, period. Yeah, yeah. but so now, Ryan, let's let's talk Coach K a little bit and what happened well, there. Well, first we'll get to the, the what he his bull crap. All right. So he he's pissed at North Carolina because when they played um what a, a month and a half ago they didn't honor him correctly. Dude, shut up. This is the, and he's the no. I, I don't want the attention on me, dude. You literally reti- said you were going to retire so you could have people spawn all over right. you. So ass. you could just have a, a round a round Be robin a bitch, of like you always have everybody been. loving on you. It's ridiculous. He's a I hate sore loser. Hey, North Carolina came into your house. Tickets five to eight grand. Jerry Seinfeld in the house. Adam Silver in the house. JT in the house. I mean, I mean ninety four players. And you laid an egg. North Carolina, a team that you bitch slapped a couple weeks ago, just came and took it to you in your house in a game they were written off as having no chance to win. It was the Coach K coronation. Duke was going to clinch a number one seed. Blah 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 blah. And you got smoked in your house. Take it like a man. Stop whining that you didn't get your gifts from North Carolina. Roy Williams didn't go on a farewell tour. Why should you? And I, I don't think Tom Izzo would yeah, either. No, there's no way. Because, I, I, I mean, think about how humble he was about beating Knight's record finally after a month of trying. There was no spotlight on that. I mean, they gave him a ball and his family celebrated him and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, just shut up. Just shut up. we got to tee him up, too. Yeah, he's a... And then, then him... No, stop, stop. This It's unacceptable. Dude... This is why people hate Duke. This is why people hate Duke. Dickinson's why people hate Michigan, and you, Coach K, and your stupidity, and your antics, and your your high and mighty, that's why people hate Duke. Maybe you feed off of it, but whatever. Always hate exactly right. Always have, always will, no matter with Shire as their coach or whatever. Always hate Duke. All right, let's move to spot number two and talk a little bit of bracketology. Next week, if you recall, last year, if you were a listener, we took like spots one, two, three, and four, and we broke down each region. We'll do that next week, and then we'll do like another um, either golf or podgepodge or something to kind of fill spot number five, maybe talk Big Ten tournament. But Mm -hmm. for this one, it's our last chance to predict, and then we'll kind of revisit how this ends up playing out next week. But who are your number one seeds, and then who do you have in from the Big Ten and what seed? I got um, staying pretty similar to last week, except replace one team, threw a new team back in there. 
Uh, I've got Gonzaga, I've got Arizona, I've got Baylor, and I've entered Kansas in there. I think that those two, Kansas and Baylor, are extremely good teams. I think Big 12 gets two there, unless one of them loses early in the uh, in the Big 12 tournament. Seed-wise, Big 10, um, Ohio State, I've got them still as a six. I probably, after the Michigan State game, if they had beat Michigan, I probably would have moved them up to the five, maybe to get to the four line. Um, we'll stay there. Then Michigan State. Um, I'm going to keep them as a seven because I think if they, I, it's going to be hard. And not beating a team three times in a season's hard. Um, I think they will beat Maryland and with let that, alone twice. In I think that they days. will beat Wisconsin because Wisconsin is going to be a little dinged. I don't know if Johnny Davis is going to be playing. If they win that, I think they're shooing for a seven. Um, then play would probably play Purdue, who's they beat and they have the recipe to beat them. Uh, Purdue, I'd say that they're probably the last two seed right now. Um, I think that they're going to win the Big Ten tournament. This weekend, I really do. Um, so that's why I'm moving up to a two. Illinois, steady three from the beginning. A month ago today, February 8th is when we started this three seed. Wisconsin moved them back to a three. I just don't uh, – They that loss – Too much up in the air with Johnny Davis, yeah. too. I mean, that, that could will definitely hurt Actually them. lost three games at home this year, which yeah. is crazy for the Colts. Indiana, summer. still first four out. I think that they don't, they'll lose a close one to Michigan, which will seal their – put them in the coffin and nail it shut. Rutgers still last four in, 12 seed. Um, Iowa, I have moved them to a six. But I think if they, I think they'll get to the Big Ten Championship. I think we're going to get Purdue-Iowa for the Big Ten Championship. And then they, I think they could climb to a five seed, potentially. Um, and then Michigan, like you said, I think they sealed um, the tournament. Unless they lose to Indiana and, and some bid Steelers come in and win conference tournaments, I think um, that they are in um, as a last four in. Uh, 11 seed probably playing a, a weird like a Notre Dame or a Wake Forest or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, I, I've I've had Baylor in all along. I've had Gonzaga in all along. Baylor in the South, Gonzaga in the West. I moved Arizona in recently uh, to the Midwest, and and I've been kind of flipping back and forth. But I'm back to Kentucky in the East. I had Duke out there before. I think Coach K will get his wish and probably be a two seed in the Midwest because he wants to cry like a baby and play in Chicago, but. Big Ten seed-wise, I mean, I've kept Purdue pretty steady, one, two, and then three. I've got them at a three. Um, you know, I do net, Ken Palm, I looked at them all. Purdue's got the highest rating in the Big Ten in net and Ken Palm. They have seven quad one wins. I mean, I think that they could maybe sneak to a two if they win. I didn't necessarily take that into consideration how I'm going to pick the Big Ten tournament. You had them as a one a month ago. I did. I had them as a one originally. Illinois have kept in the two range. Last week they were three. I've got them back as a two. Pretty solid. 14 net. Um, five quad one wins, I think it is. So not great. Well, actually, this was based off of last week, so I don't think I updated their quad one wins. But they're in that five, six range for quad one. Wisconsin, I've kind of been bouncing around three, four, three, two, three. I've got them as a three. Um, I think they're solid. I do think it's going to depend on can Johnny Davis give some run this weekend to make people feel comfortable. If he's hurt, and you know, ankle sprains linger. That could be a four seed uh, right there. You know, they could be a dangerous four seed because if he gets healthy, if they decide, you know what, forget it, we're just going to shut him down because we're not going to help or hurt our seed that much. That could be interesting. Ohio State, I had a six last week. I'm keeping them at a six. I think they could maybe play their way up if they get a little bit better, but they've been quite up and down lately. In fact, Michigan State was their only win, I think, in the last four or five games. Um, and they lost some of the two or three of those games at home, too, uh -huh. which was interesting. Yep. Michigan State, I'm not quite as bullish as Ryan. I've got them as a nine. I do think they could earn their way up to a seven if Ryan's scenario plays out and they, they got in 
you know, got it to Saturday, say, um, but I've got them as a nine. I still think anywhere in the seven to 10 range for them. Um, Indiana, I'm with you first four out. You know, that loss to Rutgers last week, that that was backbreaking. Um, they had a chance against Purdue. I think that could have actually played them right into it pretty they solidly. I think they'd be in if they won um, You know, now if they beat Michigan, I think it's another story. But they're 9-11 and 11 in the Big Ten. So, you know, if you're going to use, like, winning record in the Big Ten as a cutoff, that, that obviously goes against them. Iowa, I've got a 6, but they're one of those teams that I don't know that they can play in much better than a 6. They're not great against quad one. Um, you know, the net, and the Ken Palm really likes them. Ken Palm has them at 14. Uh, great offense and okay defense. That's a team I wouldn't want to play. They're a matchup nightmare, and they got some guys that can shoot. The Murray brothers are great. Um, right now, I have them as a six, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're like a shocking six. Rutgers, I've got as a twelve playing game, so I've got them as last four, and I think that's regardless of what happens if they're you know first game out in the tournament or whatever. They went twelve and eight in the Big Ten. They beat good teams. Again, I don't care about what happened in November. I think they deserve to be in. They deserve to be in more than Michigan, to be completely honest. And Michigan, is begrud- begrud- begrudgingly, last week I had them in, in the play-in game. This week I have them at 11. If they lose to Indiana, they could go firmly on the bubble again, like Ryan said, depending on what happens with uh, other conference tournaments that are starting to really kick in this week. Um, teams of the top 40, offense, defense, we've been covering that over the last few weeks. The same teams remained in there, Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, Auburn, Houston, UCLA, Texas. Do not be surprised if one of those teams is your national champion. Um, Big 10 that are at least on the cusp. Purdue still the number one most efficient offense, but 103 on defense. Illinois, 20 and 29. So they're they're squarely in the mix there. Iowa, number four offense, number 71 defense. So problem is, is I don't trust Fran Kano. When push comes to shove, other notable teams that are close, Kentucky, Duke, Texas Tech, Kansas, and UConn. So there's a lot of blue bloods out there um, in a pretty wide open battle, I think, for March Madness. All right, Ryan, spot number three. Again, you always get to pick the Mount Rushmore. This week you picked best NCAA tourney buzzer beaters, and there are a slew of them. So let's see if we can come up with eight total between us that are different. Well, I mean, I have like nine on here. So. I've got a bunch too because I'm sure we're going to have some crossover. First? You get to pick first. Oh, easy first one. Chris Jenkins, 2016 National Championship. Um, Not only his, but the one Paige, before that. Right. Uh, un- oh, unbelievable. Yeah, unreal. To win a national win a championship national at the buzzer. And Villanova who hadn't won one in 30-plus years. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, insanity. That's a good pick. For me, I mean... I've got some older ones um, and some newer ones. You got to have Suggs with that mm-hmm. Gonzaga, the half quarter to, for Gonzaga to beat UCLA in the Final Four last year. UCLA was such a, an incredible run from last four in to the Final Four, and Suggs just ended the way he did. Was just I mean I remember Ryan and I just like exploded off the couch in the chair when he hit that last year. That was crazy, and since I get to go again. I'll go, I'm going to go a little bit older school. This is before Ryan. Bryce Drew, home, home run, run throwback, throwback which Ryan and Rockford used against Lowell to get a late third quarter, end of third quarter three in a, in a mm-hmm. holiday tournament once. Um, Valpo with the upset of Ole Miss in 1998. You know, the, this is before the internet was big. I remember I was at my job um, at Sparks Belting Company, my first official gig uh, out of college, and 
you know, there were some good basketball fans and there was male, predominantly a male offense or office. And I don't, I think we might've had the game on, you know, this is when CBS had all the games. So you just got whatever game you got. And I, I remember everybody going crazy for that one. That was, that's still an epic one. Yeah. Unreal. Um, let's see. Um, we'll, we'll stay, we'll stay older. Um, you probably have it on your list. Christian Leitner to mm-hmm. beat Kentucky. Um, Jeff and Chris should remember this. We were on, on our way back from Hilton Head spring break freshman year at Michigan State in a hotel somewhere in Kentucky and hated Duke but saw that happen and that was yeah that was epically crazy, crazy. It was a crazy play um, and then let's see uh, we'll go we'll go Rip Hamilton 1998 um, crazy buzzer beater actually like missed like three shots and then he like mm. hit a fall away like laying on his back beat Washington Sean McDonald famous call. Back in the day, I I, I got to throw a Michigan State one in there. Um, Corey, yep, Corey Lucius, Michigan State over Maryland after they had lost uh, Kalen Lucas in that game to a torn Achilles, ducking Delvon perfectly placed. Michigan State was a five seed, ended up going to the Final Four that year um, for the second straight year. Crazy. Um, is that was that my third pick? Yes. Yes, and so for my fourth pick. Uh, I got to go way back to when I was a kid. I remember watching this one. I was at, actually on spring break with a fam down in Florida. Derek Wittenberg to Lorenzo Charles, the NC State win over Phi Slamma Jamma in, in Houston for the Natty. I mean, at the end of the day, it is really, really hard to beat a buzzer beater to win the Natty, period, when you're talking about the tournament. And there, believe me, there have been a lot more that we didn't even scratch the surface on. And Ryan, you got one left, too. So Yeah. Um, Crazy. Um, let's see. Uh, I have three different ones here. I'll just pick the the Nor- Northern Iowa Paul Jesperson half court half shot court to, beat to beat Texas in the 2016 tournament. Just a wild. The game. fighting Kurt Warner's in. Was it the next game that they blew? Like, they blew the a ten court? point lead with like 40 seconds left against to Texas A&M. A&M. Yeah. Yeah, and then also honorable mention. Got to do those Luke May um, to beat Kentucky to go to the Final Four and then end up winning it 2017. And Chris Chioza in that same tournament, um, lean in, buzzer beater, three on the run to beat Wisconsin. My favorite are when the underdog seeds do it, especially in the first round. I'm, obviously, they're not quite as meaningful as winning the natty with it, but, man, it's like that Chattanooga game last night. It's just that That is what what you live for for March, that is for sure. Absolutely. All right, spot number four. Last week we did a little bit of hodgepodge, asked the player. This week we're going to – do a little go back to the Big Ten. We're gonna look at our picks and do a recap there. Um, we're gonna give out our awards and then we're gonna walk through the conference tourney. So I'll do the first part and then let Ryan lead the rest. So I'm gonna walk you through alphabetically the Big Ten where we picked. <laughs> I don't them. think we were very right. Yeah, we'll see. So Illinois, we had them finishing second at 16 and four, and they finished tied for first at 15 and five. So obviously, we thought it. 17 wins was going to win the Big Ten. We didn't give enough credit for the for the power play that was going to be the middle of the league. So we were actually pretty close on on Illinois. We were one game off. They ended up actually tying for the Big Ten title. Indiana, we had them. We were a little more bullish on them. Had them going 13 and seven, but in typical Indiana fashion, they folded like a cheap tent. We had them tied for fifth. They ended up going nine and eleven, good for ninth place. About you rel- known with them. a lot of the national pundits had them there. Um, Iowa. 
Man, we undersold them. We had them five and fifteen and tied for eleventh. They went twelve and eight we, and tied no for fourth. No one could have seen that Keegan mm-hmm. Murray being like. Not that with you know Sam the Eagle going away and then Nunji transferring out. You're like, oh, they don't have anything. I mean, Keegan Murray played a little bit last year, but yeah, talk about a burst on the scene guy. But he wasn't great, right? Like, yeah, he didn't stand out. Maryland, another team we swung and missed on, but they also had coaching turmoil. We had them fifteen and five tied for third. They went seven and thirteen tied for tenth. We definitely missed there. Um, Michigan, we had fifteen and five tied for third. They went eleven and nine tied for seventh. We're a little closer on Michigan State as as much as we've been whipping on them over the last part of the season. We had them thirteen and seven tied for fifth, and they actually went eleven and nine tied for seventh. So just a couple games off. Um, Minnesota, we it looked for a while like we were going to be way off, and then it turned out we weren't. We had them going a really bad one and nineteen for rock bottom in the league, and they were close. They tied for thirteenth at four and sixteen, so plus three there. Um, Nebraska, almost dead on. We had them five and fifteen, tied for eleventh. They went four and sixteen, tied with Minnesota for last place. Northwestern actually ended up being a little better than we thought. They went. We had them four and sixteen. Um, you know, thirteenth in the Big Ten, they went seven and thirteen, mm. tied for tenth. So, um, you know, plus three for them. Yeah. Hey, Ohio State, we got exactly right. We had them twelve and eight in seventh place, and they twelve and eight was good for tied for fourth, but exact record. Um, Penn State, we were pretty close. We had them six and fourteen, good for tenth, and they went seven and thirteen, tied for tenth. So, within a game there. Purdue, we probably swung and missed on a little bit. They were minus three. We had them 17 and three. We were thought they were that good. And right after, then they ended up losing to Rutgers, I think, actually, right after we announced these picks. We had them win the Big Ten. They finished third. Still a really good season for Purdue. Um, Rutgers, pretty close. We had them 11 and nine, good for eighth. And they actually went 12 and eight, good for a tie for fourth. So, right about what we expected. And Wisconsin was our other big miss, just like Iowa. Um, you know, we were minus seven on Iowa. We were minus eight on Wisconsin. We had them seven and thirteen in ninth place, and they went fifteen and five. Another thing where you were like Johnny Davis hardly played last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just didn't know what you had, and and ended up having a phenomenal, phenomenal run. All right, so that's a comparison of our picks. Not bad, all in all. You know, some big swings and misses, um, primarily on some of the surprise teams, and and not too surprising. We were pretty close on the rest. Um, all right, Ryan, what do you want to walk through our awards? Yeah, let's go awards. I mean, you go first. Mine, I didn't even, this was, I did this this morning um, before they came out with I the actual awards. I haven't seen what the actuals are. And I was literally the same as what it was. I had Johnny Davis, Player of the Year. Who would you have, Johnny? Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray. I ended up going with Murray because... I kind of looked at, I mean, we were, yeah, we were minus eight on Wisconsin. We were minus seven on Iowa. But I, I started to look... Especially when I watched that Nebraska game. And while, you know, Nebraska was last place team and it would have been different if they were playing Illinois or something without Johnny Davis. I just if you take Keegan Murray off of Iowa, they don't win five Big Ten games. No. If you take Johnny Davis off of They're probably twelve and eight. Yeah, they might win eight or nine games anyway. I mean, like they have a good collection of guys that could play the swing offense and stuff. But that was the tiebreaker for me is you can't go wrong with either of them throw Throw EJ Liddell in there too. I mean, there's so many good players in the Big Ten this year, but yeah, yeah Keegan Murray was my guy. Yeah, and I had Johnny, and then um, freshman of the year Malachi Branham. I think early on you could have you know made a case for um, Bryce McGowan's. He had a great year. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably close. And then I don't really. I mean, Diabate was good, but not that. I got the same as you though. I thought the same thing there. 
No real, I mean, like you would have thought a Max Christie could be a standout freshman, but like I said, he was pretty yeah, average. That many nobody else really freshman. stood out. And Brandon and was very good. Partially because there were a lot of good upperclassmen, but good. still, um, no takeover freshman except for him. He's pretty spectacular. Yeah, he, he got really good down the stretch. Coach of the year, um, the man that won it, Greg Gard, um, mm-hmm. fantastic. We thought they'd be bad. I think everyone thought they'd be bad. And well, especially coming off of last season. Remember, they had all that like turmoil. Tape, tape recorder. Yeah player turmoil and ripping on them for this, that, and the other thing and team culture issues and whatever. And, and I had him too. I I just thought he did a fantastic job. I mean, obviously Francano did a really good job. A lot of coaches did, did really good work. Um, Those two are probably the top two, given what their teams probably we expected them to be, but you you can't argue with Greg guard. I mean, they were arguably a sprained ankle, Johnny Davis away from clinching their first outright big 10 since 2015. Yeah. Um, and then first team all Big Ten, um, I had exactly what they had. I had Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, Kofi Coburn, EJ Liddell, and Jaden Ivey, and that's what it was unanimously um, selected by the coaches and media. See, I talked, I thought about Ivy, and like you made a great point, Ryan. It, a big guy on his team that was a sixth man had more assists than he did in Big mm-hmm. Ten play. Um, I don't know. I I don't know that Purdue. I think that's what Purdue's missing. He's almost a little bit too, like, I got to get mine. And he's really good, don't get me wrong. But when you got bigs like that and you got shooters like that, he, I don't know. He's got to kick the ball out more often. So I went my surprise pick because I had the other four I agree on. But instead of Ivy, I went with Ron Harper Jr. I mean, Gamer. take him off of Rutgers. And they then we're not even talking about them in this question. I mean, he hit game winners against Purdue and Indiana. And, I mean, he he was stone cold against Michigan State. And I, I just, I don't know, there's something about the way he plays. He's like a 17.5 point a game guy. He's a high rebound guy. He, yeah, he kind of looks a little chunky, a little chubby still for a fifth-year senior whatever. But to me, he's one of the top five players in the Big Ten. Awesome. Are we going to do a second team, or do you not want to do that? I didn't even I didn't look at it beyond that. First. No, Give I, us what, what did they pick. Do you know? I can't remember. Let's see. I saw Gabe Brown was actually was third, third team. Kind of surprising. Honorable mention. Let's go second team. Yeah, I know. I know Dickinson was unanimous. Yeah. Dickinson. But is he better than Edie or Travion Williams? I mean, he I shoots know. more. I, I don't think here. so. Is I he know. better than Joey Brunk? No, maybe not. <laughs> Caleb McConnell won Defensive Player of the Year. I know that much. Um, let's see here. So that was cool by him. Uh, I know. Let's see, second team All Big Ten. This is my. Well, yeah, if I, I can't, can't find, find it, it, whatever. I mean, there are a lot of good players in the Big Ten this year. Obviously, um, a little surprised that Gabe made third team. To be honest, he was so up and down. It's, goes to show if he had been consistent all the way probably through he probably would have been a second teamer, teamer. Yeah. um you know a lot of good players the big 10 tournament is going to be great i said it last week i stand by it i don't know that winning the big 10 tournament minus a minus a banner minus the unless you're yeah. like a northwestern or in the right 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 right, right. yeah somebody that could earn a bid obviously but i mean i'm talking about like for the for the top eight teams who are locks to get in the big 10 turn or to get in the national you know tournament Minus maybe Michigan, plus maybe Indiana. Um, I just don't see it improving anybody's seed much. Maybe in Ohio State, maybe a spot or two. I mean, maybe Michigan State goes up to a six if they win it. But I don't know. Is it worth it. is it worth the blood, sweat, and tears this year? 
You're not going to get a one out of it. I guarantee you that. Purdue, you're not going to get a one out of it if you win. Wisconsin, you're not going to get a one out of it if you win it. We saw this a couple years ago. We talked about this last week. In 2016, Michigan State won it, and we thought, oh, yeah, shoe in for number one. They get a number two, and then they go lose to Middle Tennessee State. So, I don't know. Well, and you think about it. The Big Ten has the last spot in the tournament in the – into the big dance for an automatic bid because it's the last one going. So you, they have their decision made at that yeah. point. The selection. They don't have a whole. They, the only contingency is if if it's like Ryan said, it's Nebraska so, or Minnesota or Northwestern or Penn State, a team that can't get in that somehow wins it. Then then they got to refigure. But they would know that going into Sunday, right? They'll know that if there's a chance for one of those teams to get in, that it's then they'll yeah. have they'll have Plan A and Plan B. Yeah. Um. So I I think it's predetermined too. But anyway. Let's walk through them game by game, Ryan, and give our picks. Yeah. Uh, start with Nebraska-Northwestern, 13-12. More. I think that's a bit of an intriguing game. Both teams kind of playing well right now in, in a way. Um, I think it could be a close game, but I'm going to go with, um, I think Northwestern is the more seasoned team. I think that, you know, obviously they've been there a little bit more. They've been a little more consistent. I think they'll win a close game um, and get to play Iowa. The 12 seed. And I'm I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go Nebraska because I think the way that they've finished the season, I think they're confident. I think there's something to be said about riding into these things high. they got nothing to lose, right? Everything to gain. If, right. they, if they somehow win four or five games in whatever it is, is it five games? Yeah, five Maybe games in five, five days. Five days I mean, they get in the tournament. So what do they have to lose? I think that Nebraska gets that one done. All right. And then we got Minnesota-Penn State. Um, second game, I'm going to go Minnesota. I think they beat Penn State both times, if I'm not mistaken, or at least once, um, and pretty handily um, one of the times. So I'll go with the Gophs. Yeah, Penn State struggled a little bit down the stretch. Yeah. Um, I do think that Penn State's one of those teams that could make a little bit of noise in this tournament. I'm not suggesting win it, but I'm going to go with Penn State. Uh, then Thursday morning, 11:30, Michigan, Indiana. I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to the end, really, but I think Michigan will squeak one out. Indiana does not generally fare well. I mean, I can't remember the last time that they were really. I don't, I don't think, think they've ever won it. No. Um, boy, it's like Indiana playing in their backyard. They have all need the pressure to win. To win. They, they need to win. to win. If they win, they've got a, a, a fighting chance to get in the tournament. Michigan, kind of same thing. I think they have to win to get locked. Um, I think they're probably in if they win. No matter you know, but if they lose, maybe they're on the bubble. John Howard's back. Is that a good thing? We didn't talk about this in the other segment, Maybe but not. they're a better coach team with Phil Martelli. Argue me that every day of the week. They're a much better coach team, and they're better without Dickinson. I personally think I'm just going to pick Indiana because I hate Michigan. All right. And I like the pants. Iowa, Northwestern, Iowa's one of the hottest teams in the country, Iowa. Yeah, and I, for me, it would be Iowa, Nebraska. i got to agree. i go Iowa. Uh, Michigan State, Maryland, I think this is a – I mean – this is the second time in five days. Um, I, Maryland's just their their glorified pickup ball team to me. I think when they make shots, they're very hard to you know to guard because they're bigger. Um, but I, I just don't they they don't play together. You can tell it's just a little bit of Ayala, and then Scott does his fats. own thing, and Fats just kind of fits in there. I think Michigan State wins a pretty close game, but I think they, they, they get them um, moved to the quarters on Friday night. I think Maryland's proclaimed billboard material about, we'll remember this because Michigan State kind of took their time to kiss the ass. This was just like, you know, Ohio State was butthurt back in 2019 
when we did it. Look, that's what we do at Michigan State on Senior Day. You do your thing. I'm don't sure. lose. Don't Pretty lose. Simple. If you don't want to see it happen, don't lose. And I think that Izzo will turn that to us and go, guys, they disrespected the fact that you wanted to celebrate Senior Day. And I think that that's going to come back to bite them, honestly. And I do think Michigan State will get the win. I don't. They're not going to get off to the start that they had last week. But I think they'll find a way to grind it out, kind of like the first time they played Maryland. And, you know, we always say playing a team, beating a team three times as hard. As Izzo pointed out in his presser when he knew he was going to play Maryland again, we beat Wisconsin four times the year we won the national championship. So it can be done. Michigan State will win this yep. game. Yep. Uh, and then I've got Ohio State-Minnesota. I think Ohio State wins. I think it's going to be a close game, actually, because Minnesota usually plays well against Ohio State for some odd reason. I think they'll win a, Ohio State wins a close one, low scoring. Boy, so I've got Ohio State-Penn State, and, and I almost want to go with an upset here. Just the way Ohio State's been playing lately. Yeah, He's a little dinged good. up. If they lose that, they could slip to an eight seed. Yeah, they really they could. could. They could slip. Their seed could fall big. You know, just because an upset's got to happen, and I'm just going to go with it. I, I don't think Ohio State's played very well lately. I don't think they're all that healthy right now. Not that they can't get healthy, but they got a couple guys pretty dinged up. They're struggling. Maybe getting out of Columbus will be good for them because they lost a lot of those yeah. games on the stretch at home. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb. I'm going to go Penn State. Then, then uh, I've got Illinois, Michigan. I think Illinois has got Michigan's number. I think Illinois just gives it to them and sends Michigan packing um, back to A2. Yeah, for me it's Illinois, Indiana. And I think Illinois smacks Indiana, and then Indiana just sits there and hopes and prays. That, some, that no one no one that shouldn't get in wins <laughs> exactly. and that teams lose. That, that's going to be the name of the game for them. Yep. Rockers, Iowa, we had a beautiful 48-46 game the last time out. They played it in at the Jersey Mike's. This is a tough game because if Rutgers wins that, they're for sure in. If they lose, I want. I I think they should be in. But does the selection committee? I mean, everyone's like, oh, you know, they they lost these games early in the season. I think I was the highest team, but I think Rutgers. I think they 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 match up really really well with Iowa. You got Ron Harper to throw at Keegan Murray, mm-hmm. Murray. That guy that guy is an underrated player in the Big Ten this year. He was fantastic. Yeah, Iowa doesn't really have anybody to match. Geo Baker is an absolute gamer, and then McConnell's the defensive player of the year. I think that Rutgers gets to the to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. That that's pretty wild to say. You're honestly. kind of talking me into this one, Ryan, because I I mean I kind of. Didn't put a lot of thought in this, but I was thinking, yeah, Iowa's hot right now. It's one of those things. I think Rutgers has a little bit. I think Iowa's pretty locked in at the sixth line. So I don't know that they really go up that much. So I'm going to go with Rutgers as well. All right. And then we got Michigan State, Wisconsin. I'm I'm going to say that, that Wisconsin, that Johnny Davis is not going to play. I'm going to go with that. And I think Michigan State will beat Wisconsin if he's hurt. If he plays, I think it'll be a close game. But I'm going to say he's not going to play. Michigan State gets to the semifinals, secures a seven seed, the best seven seed, um, and gets to play like a Notre Dame or something like that, which would be terrible. But That is what it is. Um, Hopefully not Murray State. I can't argue with that. I mean, I think I'm going to go on the premise that Wisconsin maybe shuts Johnny Davis down because they know, again, they're not going to – their seed's not going to – They're not going to fall much. Like their ceiling's not that bad. Maybe they win the Big Ten tournament and get a two, but, I mean, that's if teams in front of them lose. Right, they got to – they got a stretch to get to a two. I don't think no matter what happens here, they fall below a four. Two, three, four. I mean, obviously you want to be a two or three over a four. Three or four are pretty interchangeable. I, I mean, I agree. I think Michigan State can get it done. They already got it done once against Wisconsin, despite a slow start. 
they kind of blew it the second time they played Wisconsin and could have beaten them. So yeah, should have beaten them. Probably. Yeah, so I, I I'll go with that. I'll buy that. Michigan State gets a win. Then I got Ohio State, Purdue. I think Purdue's out to prove something to get that two seed. I think they'll blow Ohio State out, even though EJ Liddell is my favorite player. I think that yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, and I have Penn State there. I think agree. I think that's where Penn State's little Cinderella run stops, and Purdue just absolutely drops the hammer on them. Then we got Illinois Rutgers, a one and a four. Rutgers hammered Illinois the last time they played. Was that at Jersey Mike's or was that at um, in Champaign? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I remember the fact that they hammered. I'm going to go. I think Illinois is the more complete team. I think that they'll be mad. They'll win. I'm going chalk here. I think, or basically chalk from here on out because it'd be, uh, I got Illinois, then I got Michigan State, Purdue. I think Michigan State puts up a decent fight against Purdue um, and then kind of Purdue pulls away at the end. Big, big man play. Um, out of Edie and Williams kind of gets them out of a hole. And I think they win a low, like in the 60s, I think they win. Uh, we got one versus three in mine. Yeah, I got the same. Illinois and Purdue, I think are honestly, I mean, no offense to Wisconsin because obviously the numbers don't lie. On paper, Illinois and Purdue are the two best teams. I think on paper, Illinois and Purdue have the best chance to produce a Final Four team this year, outside ch- chance at a national champion. I've got Illinois playing Purdue as well, and I'm going to take... Uh, the Boilers in Me their too. own home state to win yep. the Big Ten tournament. Same. I get the same. Which I don't know that they've... I don't know if they've won. I don't know if they've won one. I'll look it up. Big Ten tournament. Illinois has, but... Um, yeah, so I mean... They won I, it last year. And the thing is, I think if it gets to be an Illinois-Purdue, I think the winner is going to get a two-seed. I really think that. I think the loser gets a three-seed. You've kind of seen that in both of our bracketologies. Purdue won it in 2009. Okay, so the they only have time they've won it. Illinois won it. They won it in uh, 05 and then last year. Yeah, 05, of course, their final four run. Yep. Last time they won the Big Ten, too. So Yeah, yeah, which they did. So, hey, who knows? Um, they're the closest. Again, if you look at those Kim Palm efficiency ratings, they're the, they're the closest team to being. They're in, in the top 40 in offense, and they're 29 on defense. So they, they got a chance. So it should be a fun weekend of basketball to watch, that's for sure, in, in the uh, precursor to – Selection Sunday and March Madness. All right, spot number five, as we have been going lately, let's finish out with a conversation about golf. Ryan, how about, I don't know if you saw this, Ryan Brem, a Spartan. Michigan State Spartan won the Puerto Rico. Got the win like on a a health sponsor exemption for something and kind of needed or he was looking at going back to the Corn Ferry and gets the win, his wife on the bag, Phenomenal! Hats off to him. He's been a good journeyman, but yeah, he's on the tour now. He goes from then outside the game. The goes from playing on the KFT to getting to playing the players this weekend. That's pretty, pretty crazy. damn cool. Um, all right, so my question for the week we've we've had a little bit of fun asking little different questions. So you and I <coughs> are, have both made it clear here that we love the U.S. Open, cause, yep. partially because it's so tough. So what about Bay Hill playing along those lines this last weekend? I mean, we're talking like five, six inch rough. The greens yeah, were lightning thick. fast. The wind was outrageous. Would you rather see that or would you rather see a birdie fest? And were the players right, like Rory McIlroy especially, were they right to complain? I mean, I think they are right to complain. There is a right to complain because, you know, it, they you don't expect that out of a non-major. You get but at the same time, penalized for good shots. At the same time, the they're pros. I mean, this is not, it's not, it's not like they're playing. Get in the in fairway, that, damn it. It's right? not like they're playing in the, uh, there's a difference. Like, I, the, they're not playing in the, whatever, the 
Amex at La Quinta. They're playing at Bay Hill at Arnie's Place, like in a mm. tournament that means something. One of the bigger events on tour, one of Big the biggest purse, purses. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I don't really necessarily agree. I think it's okay that he complained. Like, I get it, but I don't unnecessarily agree with it. Would you rather see it like that where it's like, a guy's hanging I'd out rather the them, win, I'd or? rather them, you know, have be like close to 10 under as their final score, not 25 under par. Right, and this was five this weekend. That's Scottie why you, love, you know, you love the US Open. Shinnecock yeah. Hills, like, it's over a challenge. par wins. It's a test, right? In Brookline, over par wins. Like, Pinehurst, these Clark courses are tough. Like, yeah. you want that. Out of I think US their Open. complaint was that because the conditions were so tough, like, it was hot, so it was a little drier than Florida standards, and it was windy, added to slick greens hard fairways, and really deep rough. I think McElroy's thing was like, look, I hit the ball well a couple times and just got unlucky with bounces. And, yeah, I mean, because he blew up over the weekend. Like, he was in contention. So I kind of see it. Like, I'm with you. I like that, like, 8 to 10 under in a normal tournament to win. And I don't like these runaways. You know, once in a while, it's kind of fun to watch them just tear a course up just because it's fun to see them make birdies. But I like to see them struggle because we struggle, right? We're, yeah. we're struggle because we're amateurs and we're not that good. But, like, hitting fairways is at a premium, just like it is for us. Not getting into certain sand traps or rough situations is at a premium. Hitting to a certain spot on the green is at a premium. That, to me, shows more of the skill of a golfer than being able to just Bryson DeChambeau it 380 yards down the fairway and wedge it to three feet and tap in for a birdie. Like, that's not as fun to me um, because I don't think that rewards great golfers. I think that rewards athletic and powerful golfers. And I would rather see yeah, guys that can kind of think their way around the course. Hats off to Scotty Scheffler, second win in three starts. Yeah, he'd never won before. Hadn't won before, so he's hot, um, which gets us into our twosomes. Uh, how did our Mine twosomes do last terrible. week? Yours did almost as terrible. I will say this. Hoagie, who I had... He was dead last after day one, and then he made he made it all the way back to make the cut, and then I think he had a rough last day. But yeah, yep. Um, which brings us to the players. I'm gonna pick. I think he's. My, I'm gonna say he's my favorite golfer right now. Colin Morikawa. He's my favorite to win this thing. Best ball striker that maybe I've ever seen on the golf course. He's spectacular, um, and he's you know he's really good player in, t- in tough situations, and I think he's going to win as a really good chance at winning. Um, then I've got a guy that's also playing really hot, Victor Hovland, um, was leading for most of you know the, the army. The army yeah. um, so those are my two. Two good young guys. Um, I don't think either of them have fared particularly well at the players in the past, but that's neither here nor there sometimes. Um, no player, interesting stat I read, no player has won in consecutive years at the Players' Championship ever. Yes, and there hasn't been a defending champion who has posted a top 10 since Adam Scott in 2005. Wow. But I'm taking JT, who won it last year, as one of my two guys this week. And my second guy, give me Cameron Smith, who has been maybe not quite as hot lately, but got a win or two earlier in the season, is yep. a steady, just seems to kind of step up in the big time. He's a guy to keep an eye on come Masters time. He's those, really are, good. those are my two also guys for this weekend. Also, a consistent player all mm-hmm. the way around. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the sprint as we always end it. First free throw line. You've got one shot to hit 17 green at TPC Sawgrass to win $100,000, Ryan. Think you can do it? No, I probably would hit in the water. There's no doubt. <laughs> what is that? It's like 100, it's only like 115 yards. I mean, I mean it's not it's not a long shot, but I mean, you know, tiny green wind. It's intimidating. intimidating. I'd dunk it maybe. Yeah. Hole in one. 
Yeah, with that right on. pin location that's tucked yeah. near the water. I mean, you just have to get on the green. You don't have to make a birdie I'm saying, or anything. But I don't know if you could come close to a hole in one there. Yeah, one shot, I don't know. Although I almost had a hole in one at the golf show again. But that was on my second like shot, not my first one. <laughs> true, true. Without the pressure of 100000 that was for 100 bucks. Um, I don't think I could do it either. Um, half court, more fun to watch. One bid league conference tournaments or the Big Ten tournament? One bid. It means more to them. Unless you got it, and games like that, Chattanooga, Furman. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't see that in the Big Ten that often. Once in a while, but I would agree with you. One bid league, um, far free throw line and back. Mid major, you already have your eyes on ahead of Selection Sunday. Chattanooga's one for sure. You got to go with Loyola. I mean, that's a team that they they're against, so experienced against Northern yeah. Iowa. They didn't allow a field goal in the last sixteen minutes of the game. Yeah, talk about a team that can against play the team that won defense. the conference. Yeah, they're one. Um, I would say you, you obviously have to look at Loyola just based on some experience they have on that team too. But for me, it's Murray State. Yes, I think that's good. another team that's gonna. I don't know where they'll end up being seated. Probably but, nine or ten. I yeah, think. could be, could be. All right, and far and back, or long and back, as uh, your coaches used to say, sports bar with multiple screens to watch the tournaments or at home with the four March Madness channels queued up at once? Definitely at home. I like to sit in my own... Pace around. I I can only watch one at a time. I I mean, I can flip back and forth, but if there's multiple games on, that's overstimulating. Oh, no. I want want picture in picture, picture in picture, all four up, so I can kind of like... You yeah, know, I mean, you keep it, you keep whatever. it, you know, I, I switch. Uh, we put it on the last or whatever, yeah. Right, and yeah. Yeah. Well, we got that to look forward to, that's for sure. Yeah, Ryan and I both off next Thursday, Friday to watch March Madness. All right, Ryan, closes out with some social social media thoughts. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter because next week, Monday, I think we'll probably do our, our episode. I will be putting out um, our tournament pool on um, our ESPN bracket challenge thingy. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I'll post that. I will talk about it as well. But be on the lookout for Working that. We're going to get a sponsor for a good prize. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're doing good. Um, but appreciate you guys. Uh, looking forward to next time we speak. Uh, we will have a bracket. We will be doing picks. I am so excited. I'm going to have the perfect bracket this year. Start pumping us up with some ideas for after March Madness. Because after we yeah, get after to March, that, we after March Madness in the draft... There's golf, and then there's a whole lot of... Golf and NBA, yeah. Maybe no baseball this year, who knows? So keep that stuff coming to Ryan. Um, we'll shout out again to our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realtors. Um, if you've got realty needs here in West Michigan, start your journey at teamanders.com. Meantime, as Purdue grad and Jordanian diplomat and politician, yes, politician, Marwan Almwasher once said, Likely not on the exact topic, but in a line that captures the essence. The madness has reached us, and we have to deal with it.